Story Cube Podcast, Episode 13. Greetings, my barbecue friend, and welcome to the Story Cube Podcast. I'm Frank Erickson. This is the podcast that helps connect you with some of the top people in the world of barbecue, as well as regular everyday backyard barbecuers like you and me. The emphasis of the Story Cube Podcast is always on barbecue and fun and sharing those experiences with friends and family. This week's guest, Paul Schotte of Head Country Barbecue. Head Country is based in Ponca City, Oklahoma. They produce a line of barbecue sauces and seasonings that I absolutely love. I discovered them, I'm not exactly sure how, several years ago, but since I have, I've basically used just about nothing else on my barbecue. I use their seasonings, I use their sauces, and I absolutely get great results every time, unless I blow it in the cook. There's nothing wrong with head country, but sometimes even head country, well, even head country can cover up some of my horrible mistakes, and we'll talk about some of those a little bit later on in this podcast. But let's get on with it, shall we? Needless to say, as the head man of head country, Paul is a very busy guy, but aside from running the company... He's also an avid backyard barbecue chef like we are. So let's get into it. The sauce, that is. Head Country Barbecue Sauce. Story Q Magazine is proud to welcome Paul Schotte of Head Country Barbecue to the Story Q Podcast. Enjoy. Paul, welcome to the Story Q Podcast. It's a pleasure to have you. Thank you, Frank. Uh, enjoy being here and uh, visiting with you. We've been trying to do this for a while, and uh, because of travel schedules and just the, the busyness that goes into running a company like Head Country, I'm, uh, I'm really grateful that you took time out of your day so that you and I could chat. Uh, glad to do it. always like uh, talking to people about something I'm passionate about, and that's uh, Head Country barbecue sauce and the other things that we do here at Head Country. You know, a few years ago, I had no idea that Head Country existed, and I still can't remember how I discovered you. But I am so glad I did because now I am a head country devotee. Um, it's the only barbecue sauce that I use. It's the only seasonings that I use. Tell me a little bit about the history of head country because it's, it's new to me, but it's not new in the world of barbecue and how you got involved with the company. Well, head country started uh, 68 years ago in a small town not too far from Ponca City called Scheidler, Oklahoma. And it was developed uh, by a gentleman named Donovan Head, and that's where the name Head Country came from, is using his last name, and it was made out on the plains of Oklahoma. And he made barbecue sauce for about 30 years, and during the latter part of that 30 years, he went to work for his nephew, Danny Head, uh, in the oil construction business, and periodically Donovan would say to Danny in kind of a grudging way, oh, I've got to go home and make barbecue sauce. People are asking me for it. And where that original recipe developed from, he was a cook in World War II on a destroyer. And when he came home from the war, tinkered around with the recipe in his kitchen and uh, developed the original barbecue sauce, which is still the same recipe today as it was 68 years ago. So Danny bought the business in 1977, bought the recipe for the original. Mm -hmm. That was the only product that was made at the time. Uh, and 
he kept his oil construction business for about five more years, four more years, and then sold it and decided to get into the grocery business and manufacture barbecue sauce. So in the early 80s, he sold out uh, the oil business, moved to Ponca City, and started making barbecue sauce here in Ponca. And uh, the first year that Danny was in business, he sold a whopping 150 cases of barbecue sauce. Um, and that's one of his uh, famous stories that, you know, the first three years he was in business, it was very difficult for him and his family because they made no money mm-hmm. uh, making barbecue sauce. But he was very committed to bringing his product to the people of Oklahoma and slowly but surely developed a a thriving business. I met Danny in 1990, uh, so about 17, 18 years after he moved to Ponca City. I moved here in 1979, but I was a school teacher and principal for 20 years. But I met Danny um, at the Ponca City first barbecue contest we had here in Ponca City in 1990 and uh, entered as an amateur and I had talked to Danny a couple of times about what do I expect at a barbecue contest, what should I do, different things like that. And he was very gracious in uh, trying to educate me. And so I got my name called at the contest. He remembered that. Three or four months later, called me and said, would you like to go out on the barbecue circuit and promote the brand? Mm-hmm. And I jumped at the chance to do that 25 years ago. And... Uh, competed under the Head Country uh, name. Danny's team name at that time was Head Country. Mine was Head Country 2, Roman numeral 2, which it still is today. I don't compete near as much as I used to, but I do compete under the uh, to promote. Anyway, along the way, when I competed, uh, you know, God blessed me, and I was very fortunate to win numerous contests. Um around the country, including the Jack Daniels World Championship in 1994. Wow. Uh, yeah, it you know was very, uh, it's, it's a lot of fun to compete. Obviously, it's a lot more fun to win. <laughs> but uh, I, I know I'm, uh, you know, confident in, in the, what we manufacture here helps and helped me not only compete as a competitor, but it helps people produce a great product in their backyard for their family and friends. And as you said, it's the only sauce you use uh, today, and we have a lot of stories like that, uh, you know, where somebody will give our product to a, a person as a gift at Christmas, or they invite somebody over to their house and serve barbecue and then they put the our sauce out and people will say where does that sauce come from i've never had such a good sauce and that's where the story begins and we have countless uh you know stories like that and um it's just rewarding to talk to people and whenever they say that they really enjoy our products and uh, then we have the opportunity to tell them not only about our barbecue sauce but the seasoning and marinade that we make also and i mentioned earlier we the company started out with one barbecue sauce, and uh, we now have five flavors. So we have a smoky, we have a spicy, we have a chipotle, 
and then we've come up with one that uh, we call Home Style that's real, real new to the company, uh, but it's more of an all-natural flavor. Mm -hmm. All those items uh, can be found on our website. We have three uh, dry rub seasonings and one marinade. The website is headcountry.com, spelled exactly the way it sounds. Let me tell you a little bit how I, I stumbled across you guys. And the reason that I'm using it today is because of my wife. I was starting to get into barbecue, and I had aspirations of be- going out on the barbecue circuit, which I've never really done, and that's okay. I probably I may or may not ever. But I just kind of decided, you know, I want to just make some great barbecue in the backyard for friends and family. And I was experimenting with all kinds of different barbecue sauces. And, you know, my thing is, if, especially, you know, like ribs, I think ribs are my specialty. So as I'm cooking ribs, we get down to the last 10 minutes, I'm going to slather on some barbecue sauce. And every time I go to do that, and I'd be cooking, you know, two, three slabs of ribs, my wife would say, don't put any sauce on one rib, on one slab. And right. it would kind of drive me crazy. It's like, well, you know, I want to cook this my way. Okay, I won't put it on. And uh, she would try different sauces that I was using on the side. She, yeah, I don't like that. And this one's okay. This one's... Well, one time I buy some Head Country Original, and I also bought the Hickory and the Hot, because I, I like hot barbecue sauce. So... She starts to try it, and she's got her rib with nothing but rub on it, and she dips it into the original, and she said, what kind of barbecue sauce is this? And I said, head country. And she goes, where are they? I said, Ponca City, Oklahoma. And I tell her a little bit. She goes, I really like this. And I had tried everything. I mean, I tried Jack Daniels sauce, um, all all the big name brands that occupy the shelves in the barbecue sauce department, you know, all the top name brands. Didn't like any of them. Loves Head Country Original. You know, she right. she doesn't care for the hickory. She definitely doesn't like the hot. But she is devoted to original. I thought, well, okay. You know, if I want to keep her happy, let's just stock up on this. And the more I started using it, not only did I find it as a great sauce that she liked, but other people liked it too. And I've mixed it in with pulled pork. I've put it on chicken. I've done all kinds of different things. And, and I, I said, I really like the hickory. I love the new Chipotle, which you've come out with. In fact, I've got a box sitting right next to me right now with four bottles of Chipotle in it. And uh, two of the 30 ounce of the new seasonings, the, uh, the sweet, spicy, and the high plains heat. Tell us about the new spices and how they came about. I'm in charge of product development here at Head Country, and, um, you know, I, I like the original all-purpose championship seasoning that we had, but I also like to do what I call layers of flavor. Yeah. Um, where, and that is kind of the beauty of our, our products and the, and the concept behind new product development. So, Anyway, I just started tweaking with the ingredients, the spices that were in the original and wanted to make a sweeter, spicier one, so added more sugar and more uh, cayenne pepper. And then I originally grew up in in Texas and uh, enjoyed the way my dad taught me how to barbecue and so forth, and dad always liked, he made his own seasoning blend as well, but he liked one with... um, chili powder in it, which chili powder is used more often in the South, especially in Texas. So the, um, 
well, the second seasoning that we call uh, came out with was a sweet and spicy. So that Head Country sweet and spicy, and then the third one I made with um, chipotle pepper and chili powder, mm-hmm. and that one we call High Plains Heat. And we actually used our Facebook social media page to get uh, involvement from our fans and say, what do you like? You know, what name do you like? Uh, when we were naming High Plains Heat, and they liked that one the most, and so we got consumers involved in uh, naming of our third seasoning blend. And then we have one marinade right now, and I'm looking at you know possibly other items as we uh, want to increase the exposure of the the name Head Country in in the barbecue sauce seasoning categories. I really like the new sweet and spicy. I, I mean, I like the High Plains Heat uh, as well, but some people, you know, they don't, they don't like anything too spicy, and I find the sweet and spicy has just enough of a little kick to it to make it exciting, but it doesn't seem, I've not had any complaints from people by saying, oh, this is a little too spicy for me. Everybody that I've tried it on likes it, and I really, that, that's probably my favorite one. Well, good. We've gotten a really good reaction to it. Uh, recently at the state fairs in Oklahoma City and Tulsa, we kind of showcased our new products, and um, they uh, came out surprisingly. Uh, you know, uh, people really that are followers of Head Country and know about our brand really were glad to see uh, what you mentioned, uh, you know, about the Chipotle and the uh, Sweet Spicy uh, they like the High Plains Heat as well, but we got real good reaction to the sweet, spicy seasoning. One of the things I found really interesting about Head Country, the sauces and the spices, is not only were they really good, but your price point on these is really exceptional. I find it exceptionally low because a lot of times you look at a, at a sauce and uh, it's an 18 or 20 ounce bottle and you're looking at five, six dollars. And yours kind of comes in at about. I know they used to be about three seventy-five, four bucks. Is, is that right? Uh, actually, in the retail market, it'll be about. Uh, I'll just ballpark two seventy, two sixty-five to two seventy. Yeah, I have seen them in the stores for that much, or that right. that little amount. And um, I go. Part of me going, well, I've always ordered directly from the company. Now do I want to stop doing it and, and, and save a buck on a bottle of the sauces? I know that I can go to you guys and always get whatever I want, sometimes with the supermarkets. And here in Colorado, it's a little bit hit and miss. I mean, whether it's, whether it's a gallon, uh, which is only $12.35 on the website, I mean, that's, that's an incredible price for what I consider a top-of-the-line barbecue sauce. Well, thank you. We uh, we believe that it's a premium product, and but it's not at a premium price. And um, you know, uh, again, it, it's real products, uh, real ingredients, uh, and we can say that we stayed true to the recipe and uh, really like that uh, aspect as well. And um, so we will continue to make top quality products. Uh, for the consumer and try to get it, uh, you know, the the goal is to grow and to to see what we can do in a larger footprint than our current market area. So, but Head Country is sold uh, in roughly 18 states, and we also are in 18 foreign countries. We have a pretty good wow. international business, and mainly in Europe, but we also do sell to Australia, and then obviously to Canada and, and Mexico. But... Um, 
we have a significant amount of use in Sweden and in France. Wow. Yeah. That's so, that's pretty remarkable. Uh, we're, we feel very fortunate to have the, the business that we do. We make an average of about 6,000 gallons of barbecue sauce a day, and everything that we uh, have our name on is uh, made here in Ponca City. Yeah, that's really great. It's an American product made in, a, in the heartland of America, and I think it's got uh, what I would call American quality and American flavor to it. It is. You know, uh, as I tell people when I talk to them about different things, uh, you know, outdoor cooking and grilling is the oldest method of cooking known to mankind, but Americans have perfected it. Uh, they've perfected barbecuing and grilling, and I just got back from a show in Germany three weeks ago, and it's the largest food show in the world every other year, and so there's people from the all over the world, and it's amazing to see uh, how barbecuing has grown, outdoor cooking has grown in popularity, and it's the one thing that America, you know, we all enjoy the different ethnic foods mm-hmm. uh, from around the world, but the one that we can take to the rest of the world is barbecuing and, and grilling, and that's right in our, uh, you know, backyard and what we do here at uh, Head Country. I've noticed on the website you guys now have a food truck. How did that come about? And you, do you just have one, or, you, or do you have a fleet going? No, right now we just have the one. Uh, it's something we wanted to, to try. Um, and one thing I didn't mention earlier when I was talking a little bit about the history of uh, Head Country, uh, almost two years ago now that uh, Danny Head and I sold the majority of interest in Head Country. I still own part of it. He still owns part of it. He doesn't work here, but I do. So, but the new, new company wanted to look at ways to grow mm-hmm. the business, and so one of those was the truck. And um, we want to use it to help expand the brand, uh, expand the knowledge of the brand, and but also we feel like not only is our sauce and seasoning good, but it's our method of cooking. That is a specialty as well, and so that's uh, that was the purpose and goal of it. And so we'll see how it goes, and um, then evaluate it and grow from there. Can you share a little bit about your uh, method of cooking? Sure, we glad to. Uh, when I talk to people about barbecuing, it's just uh, you're not going to finish with anything better than what you start with. So you really need to. Look at the cuts of meat that you're pur- purchasing. Uh, if you can afford it, it's wiser to purchase a higher grade, higher quality meat. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I can liken that to uh, mainly beef in that you've got your select, which is the lowest grade, and up to your prime, which is highest, but you've also got choice in the middle. And, you know, for instance, brisket, uh, if you buy a select brisket, which is going to be the cheapest brisket you could buy. You're just not going to finish with a quality cooked brisket like you would if you were to use the choice, especially, or prime brisket. Right. And if if you're going to spend the time to cook a brisket, and if it really, if it wasn't for barbecuing, brisket would probably be ground meat because it's a tough piece of meat. Mm-hmm. But if you're going to spend the time cooking a brisket, you may as well start with a good quality one and then you're going to really enjoy eating it. And uh, so 
you know, so much beef, so much meat these days is just boxed beef, and sometimes the but there's not even a butcher cutting it anymore. Sure, it's coming in the packaging that it's put in the counter in, and so. Uh, but if you can uh, get to know your butcher, pick their brain, talk to them about quality, uh, what to look for. There's a lot of interesting articles out there, obviously on the internet, that would tell you about grading. Uh, you know, and and beef you can. You can age considerably mm-hmm. longer in your refrigerator, where pork and uh, poultry doesn't allow that to happen. But uh, in order for the farmer to make money and the processor to make money and the butcher to make money, they want to get that beef sold as quickly as possible. And uh, But talk to them about aging. Find out how old the cut of meat is in the counter. And sometimes uh, when I cook a brisket for competition, I'll age it 50 days in my refrigerator. Wrapped up and, or un, or uh, how do you do that? Well, it stays in the cryvac. Mm-hmm. So if you get a hole poked in it, you either need to stick it in the freezer or use it. If the packaging is uh, unscathed, not torn or anything like that, I just put it in the bottom of the refrigerator, bottom shelf, and I know when I say 50 days, I know when it was processed, when it was butchered, mm-hmm. and then that 50 days starts from the time that it you know, the animal was slaughtered, not when I bought it. Gotcha. Uh, so in order to find that out, that's where the idea of getting to know your butcher so that he'll tell you, he'll go to the case and say, here's the date of that brisket. Gotcha. And then that's what I go from. And sometimes when I buy a brisket, I'll just go ahead and buy a whole case, and then I have the date, pack date on it, and I'll just stick in the freezer what I'm not mm-hmm. using until, you know, later. Uh, but get to know your butcher, read articles about grade selection and how to pick meat. That And so you have to start with that. And then, uh, again, the products that we make, the marinade, the seasoning, the sauce, all enhance the dining experience from the standpoint of each one of them will bring a, la- bring a different aspect to the, to the end result. Mm-hmm. And um, so... Uh, it takes practice. You got to know the equipment that you're cooking on, um, and you know once you find that method that is really good and works, stick with it. You know there's room to to play around a little bit here and there, but for the most part, stay with the with the uh, end result that you know you enjoy. I'll you know m- mention one thing that people when they talk to me about their brisket, they'll say my you know my brisket's tough. It's not quite where it needs to be. And a key element in good barbecuing is to have a uh, thermometer, internal thermometer, where you can check the uh, internal temperature of meat. Mm-hmm. And uh, over the course of time that I have um, started using the thermometer more like a toothpick in a cake. When the toothpick comes out of the cake clean, you know it's done. When the thermometer goes in with that ease and pulls out with no resistance, then it's pretty much, uh, you know, done. But you can read the dial, and a lot of people will say, well, I cook my brisket to 190 degrees, and it's tough. Well, it's it's cooked well at 190, but you need to get it up to 200, 203 to get it to really break down tender so that you can really enjoy and not have to just chew and chew and chew a tough sure. piece of meat. So that's my pointer on 
on brisket, but I also use a thermometer on chicken and on pork. About the only one that I don't use a uh, thermometer on is ribs. And then when I look to see when if my ribs are done, I'm looking at the underneath side to see if the bones are starting to pull through on the back side of the rib as sure. well. And then I also use uh, just a testing method to see how limber they are. If they're, you know, good, good and limber and starting to break apart, that, you know, that one's more of a uh, look than it is a uh, temperature. When you're cooking food for the food truck per se, are you using a pellet cooker or a stick burner? What kind of uh, cooking equipment do you have for that? We have a stick burner, mm-hmm. uh, rotisserie, Southern Pride. There's some really good ones out there. Here in Ponca City, Cook Shack's three doors down from us. They make a really good rotisserie pellet cooker. There's another good, uh, very good rotisserie pit out there, uh, Old Hickory, made in Missouri. So there's some really good units out there. Again, it's what I mentioned earlier. It's practice, learning what to cook on. Uh, There's some really good ceramic cookers out there that do a great job. There's a lot of methods out there to help take the the difficulties out of barbecuing, but I didn't, I've never looked at barbecuing as being a labor intensive and difficult. Maybe it was the way that my dad taught me, but it's an enjoyment thing. And again, it's cooking a great product that family and friends are going to enjoy. So, uh, you know, uh, I've had various cookers over the years, but, uh, I've got, uh, you know, two that I use on a regular basis. And if I'm going to do uh, small cuts that can be grilled quickly, then I'm using my Weber grill in the backyard. And if I'm going to cook big cuts of meat, uh, then I go to my smoker that's 36-inch uh, tube, 9.5 feet long. You know, wow. so it, One of the things I have found um, very useful about Head Country, and again, because I use it exclusively, the other day I cooked a brisket, and it for whatever reason, it... It didn't come out right. First of all, I over-seasoned it. I put uh-huh. too much rub on it. I was using the sweet and spicy, and I put way too much rub on it. That was my fault. But I've found that Head Country barbecue sauce can cover up all kinds of mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's not supposed, you know, it's supposed to be a condiment, not, not the main deal, but it's, it's so good. You know, you know if, if you've messed something up, and I, for whatever reason, my brisket on the original night tasted salty. Last night, it didn't at all. But I just uh, I just put some Head Country Chipotle on it, and I was a happy guy. Well, good. I'm glad to hear that. Uh, you know, you learn by trial and error on some things too. But one time at a contest, I uh, my chicken uh, pieces, which are mostly when I turn in chicken, it's thighs, but they were very salty tasting. And I thought I had done the same thing to them that um, I do all the time. And so it was too salty. I thought this isn't going to help me at all. So I took uh, apple juice and a, and injected the thighs after they were completely done mm-hmm. with sweet apple juice. And then when I tried it, it just, it was, I couldn't have done anything better to kill that salty taste. So I'm not saying you can do that, inject a brisket with apple juice, but what you did with the sweeter barbecue sauce is you toned down the 
the salty flavor, that's for sure. Well, you also just gave everybody a great way to save chicken in case they've over-seasoned it or over-salted it, especially <laughs> at a competition. Right. You know, if, you, if you know it's going to go downhill, you might as well try something and uh, injecting a little sweet barbecue sauce, uh, excuse me, apple, sauce, apple juice. Right. It just might be the ticket. Paul, I thank you so much for your time today. I just love Head Country. I love all the products. I love the new seasonings. I like the new label. I just like everything you guys are doing. And uh, just want you to know you've got a a big fan here in Boulder, Colorado. Well, we appreciate that tremendously. Uh, And you alluded to it a little bit earlier. But uh, you can find uh, our products, especially on the eastern slope of Colorado, from Denver area down all the way south. Uh, and if you look to your King Super, City Market, Walmart stores, you'll mm-hmm. you'll be able to find Head Country. And if you can't and want to see the full array of what we offer, what you mentioned earlier, our website at uh, headcountry.com uh, will help you out. And you can shop 24 hours a day right there, and they've always got plenty in stock. They're not going to run out. That's correct. Especially at 6,000 gallons a day. <laughs> Well, Frank, it was a uh, pleasure uh, visiting with you today and um, hope your audience uh, enjoys our conversation about Head Country. And again, we welcome people to visit our site and ask us questions and uh, get involved in the industry of barbecuing. Thanks for being on the StoryQ podcast, Paul. We really appreciate it. Thank you, Frank. Once again, if you'd like to check out Head Country's line of barbecue sauces and spices, just go to headcountry.com. You can order just one bottle. You can order an entire case. You can mix and match sauce flavors to suit your family's tastes. That's headcountry.com. If you've enjoyed our program, we'd like to ask you to do us a favor and go onto iTunes and rate the Story Q podcast. That helps us grow and reach more backyard barbecue chefs, and it helps make them better backyard barbecue cooks and help take the people that are already good cooks to the next level of their cooking. If you're not already enjoying all our fantastic stories, recipes, and pictures in Story Q magazine, I would like to personally invite you to subscribe right now by going to storyq.com, where you can sign up for just $2.99 a month. That's storyq.com. The StoryQ podcast is published on the first and third Fridays of every month and comes to us courtesy of Laverne Gingrich, the editor and publisher of StoryQ magazine. My thanks once again to Paul Shoddy of Head Country Barbecue. Coming up on the next StoryQ podcast, we'll be talking about Thanksgiving Caribbean style with Cayman Islands executive chef Dylan Benoit. You're not going to want to miss this. He's an executive chef over a whole bunch of restaurants in the Caribbean. And if you know anything about Caribbean food, it usually means fire involved not only in the spice, but also in the cooking method. So you're going to learn a lot from uh, Mr. Benoit, Dylan Benoit, next time on the Story Q podcast. Until then, I'm Frank Erickson. We'll be back on Friday, November 20th with another edition of the Story Q podcast. Thanks very much for listening and God bless. Thank you.